Hi, I'm Rena Grove. And I'm Madhvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, the podcast for lazy but smart people. Every week we'll be discussing a different trend or topic so you can stay informed the easy way. So, Madhvi, what's the topic this week? I wanted to talk about Elon Musk again. I know we hate him, and we did an episode on him already when he announced that he was going to buy Twitter, and all the implications of that. That is episode 104, and it's called Twitter, Free Speech, and Demystifying Elon Musk. But since then, he actually bought Twitter, which has been quite a process. And I know him buying Twitter has been such a disaster for so many people because a lot of people lost their jobs and also lost the place where they like to interact with other people. And basically a social network uh, has turned toxic and all that. But I just want to say, was Twitter not toxic before? More toxic, obviously. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's horrendous now, but it's always been kind of a trash can, no? Yes, it got worse. Thanks, Elon. Yeah, so I know, like, it's not the nicest. However, I have to admit that this Twitter saga has been literally my main entertainment for the last month. I've stopped watching Netflix. If I want some comedy and drama in my life, I just read the latest article about Twitter. So I thought it would just be a really funny episode if I just told you everything that Elon Musk has done, basically, (laughs) since he took over Twitter. Amazing. So just for the run-up to this, in case you don't know, in April is when he decided to join the Twitter board, and then he quit less than a week later, and then he offered to buy it, and then he tried to get out of it with multiple lawsuits and tried to say that Twitter was at fault because it was filled with bots or whatever. And then finally, before the judge made her decision, he was back on board and said, no, no, I'm going to buy it anyway. And that was at the beginning of October. It's actually a bit of a mystery as to why he decided just before the court case ended to just buy it, because the implications of just seeing the court case through were either that she would make him buy it anyway, or that he would be fined one billion, and one billion compared to 44 billion, you know, I mean, you save 43 billion if you really don't want to buy the thing. But anyway, who knows why? one of the mysteries and inconsistencies of this story. And so he buys the thing, and I think on the 26th of October, six months after he decides to buy it, he finally walks into Twitter headquarters with a kitchen sink. He posted a video of this stunt saying, entering Twitter HQ, let that sink in, which I just thought was a terrible pun but is actually an old internet joke. So I've been trying to do some internet sleuthing to find out when this meme originally was created. I can't find the original meme, but I do find ones that are five to six years old, posts of it. So I'm going to show you the original meme. So the original meme says, or do you want to describe it? So the meme says, Today is the oldest you've ever been, and the youngest you'll ever be again. Let that sink in. What the fuck does it want now? And there's a picture of a sink standing on a doormat outside an open door. So the joke is, right, is that the person said, let that sink in. And then the response is like, well, what the fuck does the sink want? And then there's a picture of the sink. So the- I don't actually find that funny. Do you? I think when I originally saw the meme, I chuckled. And it's kind of become like ubiquitous on the internet. Like everyone makes this joke. So 
And when I say everyone makes this joke, I mean, like, not anymore. In the year 2018. So when he walked into Twitter carrying the sink, I didn't get it. Because this is such an old joke that has stopped being funny. It did not occur to me that's what he was trying to say with the sink. There was an interesting article, I think in The Atlantic, called Welcome to Geriatric Social Media. And it was basically saying, you know, the guys in charge of all the social media nowadays, like Musk and Zuckerberg or whatever, they're kind of old. The nature of social media sort of has changed. There's been a big pivot in the way that we communicate. And Twitter is text-based. Mm -hmm. And what they were saying is we've evolved. We're at this juncture. We're always at a juncture, right? I mean... <laughs> That's life. <laughs> no, but it feels we're always saying in our time that we're on the crest of a new age or whatever. But apparently the last big technological sort of communication social media thing was the printing press and the written word. And now we're going to just go into video. And with all the sort of younger people, you can see that with TikTok and everything has become the new social media. So is Twitter dead anyway? If their CEO is making jokes that no one gets, yes. I don't even think that's a joke. I just think it's bad pun. It's cringe. That's what it is. I'm down with the youth. It's cringe. So he walks into the Twitter headquarters. Everyone is terrified because this number of 75% of the staff are going to be cut has been going around. The Washington Post, I think, first reported on it that that's the figure that he told bankers. And then a staffer asked him about it. And he was like, I don't know where that figure came from. And so for the next few days, there's no communication from him at all about what the new strategy is, what these job cuts are going to be, anything like that. But meanwhile, the employees sort of know that this is coming. They're in a state of hyper anxiety, I guess. And in Slack channels, all the employees are frustrated or insecure or trying to support each other. One employee told Platformer, which is a really good insider newsletter about all things tech, the quote is, it's absolutely Hunger Games, but everyone in the game is trying to help each other, which is kind of nice. So on Friday afternoon, a lot of engineers get this command to basically print out the last 30 to 60 days of code that they had written. And that was part of Musk's plan to see like which employees he should fire and which ones not, I guess. He really is old. Print it out for me. But then, um... <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. It's just, print out. We're a tech company, but print this out on hard copy for me. Sorry. It gets better. Oh, damn it. And then they decided that this was not a good idea after all. So then they were like, no, scrap that. Shred it all. So then everyone shred all their code. And then he brings in some Tesla staff to, like, help with deciding which engineers are best or whatever. So one employee says they got a call from a Tesla engineer asking them about their team and which engineers in the company are best and all this. It sounds like such a haphazard way of going about things. And then on Thursday, November the 3rd, everyone gets this email that says, in an effort to place Twitter on a healthy path, we must go through the difficult process of reducing our global workforce on Friday. We recognize that this will impact a number of individuals who have made valuable contributions to Twitter. But this action is unfortunately necessary to ensure the company's success moving forward. And so the company's 7,500 employees roughly are told that they're going to know by 9am, they're just going to receive an email whether or not they've been laid off. All of these emails are just signed by Twitter or come from team. Like Elon Musk's name is not 
on any of it, and he hasn't addressed any of the employees directly at all since he took over. He's a shit boss. Sorry. That's my input. (laughs) So then a load of people get this email, which basically says, it is with regret that we write to inform you that your role at Twitter has been impacted. And so the scope of this is about 50% of Twitter. That's more than 3,000 people, basically. People are bitching all over the place, of course. Obviously, there's a lot of Slack conversation going on. People are confused. People don't know who's been laid off, who hasn't, all of this kind of stuff. On November the 4th, Elon Musk sends this tweet. Do you want to read it out? (laughs) He tweeted, why is small talk even legal on November the 4th? And you get some really funny replies to it, actually, because the definition of Twitter is small talk. You're talking to each other in small bits of text. Anyway, it's chatter. It's chit-chat. Not a good sign that he took over this particular social media platform. Someone responded, I think I might understand why Musk owning a social media company is not going well. At this time, when employees are being asked to deliver things to Musk to decide who's being fired or this... There are some really funny tweets. So there's this woman called Esther Crawford. She still works for Twitter. She does early stage products. Do you want to describe what you see in this photo tweet here? Yes. The photo is of what I assume is a conference room because I see a bunch of conference looking chairs and then what looks up like a TV that can roll around and a table. On the floor is is some sort of a green foam mattress that I assume Esther is sleeping on, wearing a face mask in a sleeping bag on the floor. So Esther is sleeping in a conference room? This was tweeted on November the 2nd. Esther, who has three children, this is kind of important. She says, some people are losing their minds and I'll explain. Doing hard things requires sacrifice, time, energy, etc. I have teammates around the world who are putting in the effort to bring something new to life and it's important to me to show up for them and keep the team unblocked. And she keeps on using these hashtags. We are hashtag one team. And we use the hashtag love where you work to show it. Which is why I retweeted hashtag sleep where you work. A cheeky nod to fellow tweets. We've been in the midst of a crazy public acquisition for months. But we keep going and I'm so proud of our strength and resilience. Which just shows that some people were kind of on board with the whole Elon energy at this time. So people were sleeping in the office and trying to give him and his engineers all the information they needed. I'm sorry, I thought this was going to be comedy or a joke. I was not set up for her being serious about this. She is serious. And some people reply to her saying, Esther, no need for an explanation. Those of us in IT know... Sometimes the job requires an 80-hour work week to meet deadlines, which is quite funny because it's Twitter, like, nobody is dying. And then some people are just like, what the actual fuck, Esther, don't you have kids? And she's like, the kids will understand, it's fine. The Um, kids will understand? I'm sorry, I have a real problem with this because, like, what the fuck? Like, your kids are only going to be young once. You're going to miss important moments of their lives. And like, yes... Sure, having a career and having goals, you know, as a woman, it's really important and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, come on, family, friends, like your life, capitalism is not your life, lady. The Twitter thread is so interesting because you can really see there is a balance of opinions here. It doesn't go one way or the other. So you have one person who's like, when you're in a toxic workplace, hashtag sleep where you work. And other people are like, haha, everyone in this thread who's never done a hard day's work in their life think this is unacceptable. Awesome stuff, mate. Keep up the hard work. So it's really balanced, the response to this. But obviously... Who is this person who is claiming that I've never done a hard day's work because I've never slept at my office? Oh, actually, 
I've just read the profile. In case you haven't worked it out yet, 90% of what I say, I'm shit-stirring. The other 10%, I'm trying to be funny. Oh, it's a troll. Never mind. Might be a troll. Troll on. (laughs) Did you know that Elon Musk is also apparently sleeping at the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco? Is he now? Apparently, so says the New York Times. At this very moment? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, this article was published on the 21st of November, and it says, He tweeted that he was sleeping at Twitter's offices in San Francisco. He actually has a track record of doing that. He slept in Tesla or whatever. I don't know. I don't really care. We'll get to the Twitter headquarters in a minute or in probably about 10 to 15 minutes because he just arrived last week in my timeline and all of this has happened. So some quotes from workers who are kind of left behind, who have not been fired, they're like, we're basically messaging all our co-workers to try and figure out who's left, like after a disaster. That's one quote. But you know how Facebook has the things where it's like, mark yourself safe mm-hmm. after something? They should have at Twitter, mark yourself safe after a layoff. That is exactly the strategy that they adopted. Excuse Lots of me? everybody who's left raised their hands in project channels in Slack. Holy shit. So the layoffs are quite kind of interesting because they included the ethical AI team. Ugh. Not Um, ugh to the ethical AI, but to laying them off. Which is responsible for making Twitter's algorithms more transparent. The communications team. The entire human rights organization. The disability experience team. The internet technology team, which basically keeps Twitter up and running. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not all of them went, but like significant amounts. Enough. And since then... Twitter has been suffering some like glitches and stuff, obviously. Marketing Social and the Redbird Organization for Internal Tools. And all of the company's employee resource groups were also shut down. Okay, so by November the 4th, we're still on November the 4th. We're still like just, I don't know, about a week in roughly. The head of the NAACP, which is organization that campaigns to end race-based discrimination, calls for untotal advertising boycott of Twitter. And this is because it's reported that since the Elon Musk Twitter takeover, there was a 500% spike in the use of the N-word, for example, with people trying to test this thing that Musk has said about letting everyone have free speech. And then what's also really funny about this is, actually it's really funny that he keeps on going on about free speech because after he took over Twitter, a load of people changed their handles to Elon Musk and then they just started parodying, tweeting him. And then he just made up this new rule, which was like, okay, anyone who is a parody account has to put parody on their account. Otherwise, they're going to be banned. This is new rule. And all the people who are doing like the regulations and you know terms and conditions of Twitter are basically informed of this through his tweet. And then they're trying to fold it into the actual rules of Twitter. You know what he reminds me of? Did you ever, when you were at school, play a game with a kid who would change the rules every time he was losing so he would win? That's what Elon Musk is doing. Yes. That is what I do frequently. (laughs) (laughs) I recognize this behavior. (laughs) Yeah, but you're better. (laughs) I'm not in charge of anything, so it's fine, right? There's not an unequal power balance between me and anyone who happens to be playing a game with me. By November the 7th, TechCrunch reports that they kind of realized that they sort of need some of the staff that they fired back to make Twitter still operational. So they're sort of inviting people that they fired back because they either made a mistake when they fired them or 
they just didn't realize that they couldn't continue without those people. So a lot of those people sort of were invited back. I hope that every single person who was fired and then invited back, if it was obviously feasible for them, because some people like need their jobs for visa reasons and have dependents, so on and so forth. But for other people, I hope that either they turned their nose up at them and said no and made them really panic, or they asked for the world's biggest pay raise. I have no idea about who returned and all of that kind of stuff. At the same time, Musk, to try and fill this gap that he's created, starts getting engineers from Tesla and SpaceX to come over to Twitter. And engineers are not all the same. Products are different. They do different stuff. So you can't really take a SpaceX engineer who probably doesn't even know what social media is, not being, well, I am stereotyping, but, you know, (laughs) they're literally rocket engineers. Different thing. So then they're sitting around Twitter just trying to figure out, like, what is this Twitter thing? (laughs) (laughs) And it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant, right? And then on November the 16th, he sends everyone at Twitter... The worst email one can ever get from any boss ever in the entire universe. Do you want to read it? Yes, I do want to read it. I'm really excited that my two theater degrees are going to, you know... Can you please do an Elon Musk voice and attitude? Channel him. Right. I should also add, I studied producing, not acting. (laughs) But I will do my best. Going forward... I don't know why I went with that voice. Do a South African accent. I cannot do a South African accent. Just try it. It was going to be so funny. Entertain me. Those are the new rules. (laughs) You can't be on this podcast unless you do a South African accent. (laughs) I'm so sorry, all of South Africa. Going forward. No, it's British. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to go with my regular accent. No. Right. Going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world. Sound British again. We will need to be extremely hardcore. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Twitter will also be much more engineer-driven. Design and product management will still be very important and report to me, but those writing great code will constitute the majority of our team and have the greatest sway. At its heart, Twitter is a software and server company, so I think this makes sense. If you are sure that you want to be part of the new Twitter, please click on the link below. Anyone who has not done so by 5pm tomorrow, in brackets Thursday, will receive three months of severance. Whatever decision you make, thank you for your efforts to make Twitter successful. So imagine you go into work one day, you get this email and it says, hey, you've got to decide by 5pm the next day whether you want to work here or not, and... If you do decide to work here, you need to be extremely hardcore. Hashtag sleep where you work. (laughs) And everyone's really scared to also click on the button or make a decision or a commitment, right? Because like, you don't know whether you'll get three months severance. It could be a trick. He's got lawyers working for him. He's got a habit of not sticking to his contractual agreements in the US there are people who's who have health conditions whose spouses have health conditions or children have health conditions who have mortgages a lot of stuff is tied to your job right you're going to be homeless otherwise your visa as well you have people who need it for their visas you know right so the amount of stress that this causes would be tremendous anyway it causes a mass exodus because people are just not having it and it causes such an exodus that actually they decide to shut down all twitter offices 
<laughs> oh, Elon. Yeah, this happens after the email is sent. So the email is sent November the 16th. And then the Twitter headquarters shut down. But just before the he shuts down all the Twitter headquarters and deactivates everyone's passes to get in there, he does this other thing where he bans everyone from remote working. All right, Elon, like... <laughs> the show must go on. I see now what you mean by entertainment. This is such a farce. On November the 20th, he reinstates Donald Trump's Twitter. <laughs> okay, so this announcement comes basically four days after Trump announced that he was going to stand again for the presidency in 2024. The way he does this is he just makes a poll on Twitter to ask users to click yes or no about whether Trump's account should be reinstated. The yes vote won, but with 51.8%, which is very low, especially considering that actually a lot of the liberal people, a lot of people have just left Twitter, so it is way more right-leaning and conservative at the moment. Yeah, while he's got this like massive shortage in staff, he's reinstating or a lot of other user accounts, you know, all of Trump's tweets, like 59,000 of them and all of his followers and stuff, like a lot of other accounts are being reinstated while Twitter doesn't have like that much staff capability, which could also like break the thing. But no matter. Just the other day, November the 30th, Platformer revealed that the amount of losses in revenue that Twitter has suffered as a result of advertisers like Apple pulling it out. And it's a lot, which is quite funny because Elon Musk is always like, I'm going to turn this company around and make it super profitable, but he's kind of done the opposite and it's like tanking big time. We can link in our show notes to the actual numbers, but it's pretty severe. Also, the European Union has threatened Twitter with a ban unless the billionaire abides by the strict rules on content moderation. So the EU industry chief, Thierry Breton, made the threat during a video meeting with Musk on Wednesday, according to the Financial Times, and Breton said he has to adhere to this checklist of rules, including ditching the arbitrary approach to reinstating banned users, for example, just conducting a random poll on Twitter, and also agreeing to an independent audit. Ooh, are Twitter going to get an ethics committee like FIFA is? You know, in our last episode yes. when we talked about it? Well, the thing is, there are a lot of EU rules against online hate speech and disinformation, right? So he can be like free speech all you like, but you could still be in violation of our laws. So that's the latest problem. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So he's been in charge of this thing for about a month and everyone's like, Elon's a genius. Elon really knows what he's doing. Elon must be so smart because he's a billionaire. And this just proves that all of the above are totally incorrect. He is all over the place. He does not know what he's doing. He is literally the silliest, horrendous, most ludicrous person on this earth. Well, there's a lot of them actually, so maybe he's not the most, but... He's hanging out in the top five, at least. And then, I don't know if you saw, when the Twitter offices were closed, there's this, like, I guess he calls himself a projection activist, mm -hmm. and he just projected a bunch of stuff on the Twitter headquarters. I can show you a picture. I love it. I'm looking at a photo, it's on the LA Times website, and it's a photo of the Twitter headquarters, and on the side of the building there is the Twitter logo, and he's just projected the text launching to bankruptcy and then an arrow that points directly at the sign. 
So this was a moving projection and other things that were projected along with this text were Musk's hellscape, launching to bankruptcy, worthless billionaire, and so on and so forth. And the guy who did it, he's called Alan Marlin, and he did it for a few hours and then packed up his stuff and left. So that's where we more or less stand on Twitter. There's some interesting commentary about how other CEOs are watching and kind of like his approach. What? I think what's happened in tech companies recently is that, you know, you have to be sensitive to your workers. You have to be LBGTQIA plus inclusive. You have to think about diversity. You have to make the show of it not being a toxic workplace. Whereas Musk is just like, I'm just going to fire all these staff. He came across a bunch of these t-shirts that Jack Dorsey had which were totally also inappropriate about being woke and woke culture and uh, I don't know he tweeted about that and I think a lot of CEOs they have to play this game and they're watching to see if what he's doing will work and whether they could just go back to the old model which I guess is probably a more honest way of doing things I don't know but yeah platformer which is really good and we'll link to this article had a really good article about like how CEOs are watching and a lot of them are really behind him in his behavior because I guess it's what they really think. Yeah, I mean, at least it's honest. Do we have a list of these CEOs so we can name and shame them? So someone who seems to be a supporter is David Heinemeyer Hansen, who is the creator of the Ruby on Rails and the co-founder of Basecamp. Basically, he and the CEO of Basecamp, Jason Fried, banned societal and political discussions. Okay. On the company's internal forums after employees formed a diversity, equity and inclusion council and began to complain about some of its practices. And he wrote a blog last week, which seems to be a sort of tribute to Musk. David Marcus, who is the former PayPal CEO and Facebook crypto guy, mm-hmm. which Facebook crypto guy just tells you everything you need to know, dodgy as hell. <laughs> he tweeted, I guess the times of complaining to the CEO of a large tech company at an all hands in front of thousands of people about the quality of toilet paper have come to an end. And then in brackets, he's put true story, this actually happened. And I think he was talking about an incident that happened at Facebook. And obviously, Facebook generates millions and millions in revenue and engineers that work for Facebook are behind this. And if they want better toilet paper, they could do that at that time. Right now, a lot of tech staff are kind of being fired, we're going into recession and stuff. This might all be a signifier of times to come where workplaces can be much, much less sensitive to people's work-life balance and all of that kind of stuff because it's just a little bit more of a desperate situation that people are in, which is a bit worrying. Well, let's see how it goes. Yeah, if you're looking for a good laugh or to feel better about the way you're managing things, just Read about what's happening at Twitter. None of it is good. I would just like to say, I think I mentioned this in our previous episode on Elon Musk, that my mother was way ahead of the curve on hating Elon Musk. She hated him back when everyone still thought he was good. Why? Oh, he said something sexist. Oh, yeah. And he ended up on her shit list. Who else is on her shit list? Nah, I'm not quite sure. I'll have to ask her for an update. I haven't asked her for a while. Can you get her to actually make a list and mm-hmm. then, like, for Christmas, we'll do, like, we'll read out Santa's mom. list. Yeah. <laughs> my has been bad. List. And why? Yeah. On that note, here are three things you can do this week to be a better person. Thing one, 
If your name is Rina, work on your South African accent. <laughs> or don't. Who needs to do a South African accent ever? Thing two, don't glamorize the grind. Work-life balance truly is everything, and capitalism does not deserve more of your time than it's already taken. Please do not use the hashtag sleep where you work. Sleep in your own bed. That's why you're working so hard, so you can have a really comfy bed to sleep in, and you should use more of it. Or sleep in someone else's bed. Or sleep in someone else's <laughs> bed, yes. But not in the office. And thing three, never confuse money with intelligence or morality. Amen. Until next week, goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also help us by supporting us on Patreon for as little as four euro a month. Visit patreon.com slash misinformed. For links to all our sources and for our personal tips on what to watch and read, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at misinformed.substack.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed or email us your feedback, requests, or just to say hi, misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.